Our gospel lesson will serve as the basis for our sermon today. It comes from Luke chapter 12. Be dressed, ready for service, and keep your lamps burning, like servants waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet, so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will dress himself to serve, will have them recline at the table, and will come and wait on them. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the middle of the night or toward daybreak. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Good morning. How are you guys today? Thanks for coming up here. It's good to see you. This is kind of a a, a silly sounding question because we haven't even celebrated Thanksgiving yet. That's this week. But raise your hand if you are excited for Christmas. Are you excited for Christmas? Yeah, me too. Christmas is a fun time of year. One of the, the cool things about Christmas is you know when it is. You can get a calendar up on your wall and you can actually count down the days to Christmas. And again, the reason that you can count down the days to Christmas is because you know when it is. It's December 25th. But what if this year we made a change? And after Thanksgiving, we set up the Christmas tree and your parents promised you Christmas is really coming. It's going to happen. But this year, it's going to be a surprise. This year, you're going to wake up one morning when you didn't expect it, and there's going to be presents under the tree, but this year, we're not going to tell you when it will be. You're just going to have to trust us. You're just going to have to wait. What would happen when it was January and Christmas still hadn't come, and then February, and Christmas still had not come? The Christmas tree was still up. The snow was melting. Then March... And flowers were starting to come out of the ground. Still no Christmas, but mom and dad said, keep waiting, it's coming, we promise. And then April, and we celebrated Easter, but still no Christmas presents. But mom and dad said, keep waiting, it's coming. And then May, and the sun was coming out longer and longer, and it was getting warmer, and leaves were coming on the trees, but still no Christmas. At some point, would you get a little sick of waiting? At some point, would you start to wonder if mom and dad were really telling the truth? I think so. It's kind of what it's like for us to wait for Jesus to come back. Jesus says to us, I am coming soon. And Jesus says it over and over again. He says, I am coming soon. And we say, yes! But then a new day comes and Jesus still hasn't come back. And after a while, we might start to wonder, is he really coming back? And of course he is, because he says he is, but can you understand how some people might start to wonder, where is he? Why is he taking so long to come? And maybe some people start to live their lives like he's not coming at all. Today, we are going to review what Jesus says. 
We're going to listen to his words one more time. We're going to hear him say, oh, I'm definitely coming. I'm coming soon. And we're going to hear him say, keep waiting. Don't stop waiting. Keep watching for me because I'm going to come. And it's going to be at a time when you don't expect it. Today, we're going to ask God to help us listen to his word, to help us better understand who we are, sinners who need a savior, to help us better appreciate that Jesus is exactly the savior that we need. And even though we can't see him right now, he's with us right now, and he is definitely coming back. Today, we're going to talk about what it looks like to live our lives always waiting always waiting for Jesus to come back. Let's say a prayer and ask him to help us wait patiently. Dear Jesus, first of all, we thank you for being the Savior that we need. We thank you for coming to this world the first time to be the perfect Savior that we need so desperately for taking all of our sins away with your death on the cross, for rising from the dead, for ascending into heaven, for filling all things for being with us always to the very end of the age. Help us to listen to your promise that you are coming back. Help us to trust you more and more every day. Help us to live our lives always waiting for you. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord our rock and our redeemer. Amen. You ever have one of those dreams where you're unprepared? You know what I'm talking about? I started having a very specific dream in, that was directly related to preaching when I was in the seminary. And I'd have it a lot I was supposed to preach, and I didn't know it until about 10 minutes before the church service started. And I've admittedly have it less and less lately, but I still get it. I just had it again like two months ago for the first time in a long time. And it's always the same. Even though I've always served in a ministry where I was the only preacher For whatever reason, on that particular Sunday morning, I'm not the preacher until like 15 minutes before church starts. There's this great revelation that I am the preacher and I didn't know it this whole time. And panic sets in and I'm scurrying around completely unprepared. And the dream goes on for what seems like 10 or 15 minutes and right about when the service is about to start, I wake up. And every time I wake up, there's this incredible sense of relief. You ever have a dream kind of like that in your own context? Panic, 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 and then you wake up, and when you realize that it was just a dream, there's this sense of relief that floods over you that's kind of hard to describe, and it's an incredible peace (laughs) because it wasn't true. It's a nice, lighthearted thought but it brings about a thought that's not so fun to think about. The comparison that Jesus is putting before us today, the one who is prepared for his return 
and the one who is not prepared for his return is like that dream that turns out to be reality, where you never get that sense of relief. You you never wake up and take that deep breath and realize it's Monday. I've never had church on Monday. (laughs) It's not true today. It's a terrifying thought, the thought of being unprepared for Jesus' return. And he he wants us to consider what that's like. He, he, He tells us that the very first line of our text, be dressed, ready for service, and keep your lamps burning. He's saying, be prepared. That's his command to you and to me, his church. Be ready. Being unprepared is not an option. You don't even want to consider being unprepared. So be prepared. The first question that I want us to just consider is, well, kind of picking up on the children's devotion, what's it look like to be unprepared? Why would a person who, especially those who consider themselves Christians, why would a person be unprepared? Well, I suppose like that silly scenario of Christmas no longer being a fixed date, you might just become a little impatient after a while. That would be an understandable thing for one of us to just get to a point where we we start to think to ourselves, it's been so long, is he really coming? And you just kind of fall into this lackadaisical impatience where you just figure, well, he hasn't come for the last couple decades of my life. I mean, maybe it's going to be a couple decades more. I'll just kind of go on with my life and we'll see what happens when he comes. No, no, no. Foolishness. Let's not go there. And of course, that leads to just a lack, like just an indifference. Not so much impatience, but just this, I'm going to focus on what's right in front of me. The things I can see, the things I can control, just completely indifferent to Christ's return. Today, the first thing we want to do is just focus on the certainty of it. The absolute certainty of Jesus' return. Then we'll talk about what it looks like to be prepared. So just breezing through our three readings for today, um, towards the end of our gospel lesson, Jesus says, you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come. Yes, at an hour when you don't expect him, but will come. He couldn't say it any more clearly. I am coming. Of course, in our second lesson, we heard him say that twice. And this is Revelation 22, verses 6 to 13. In verse 20, he says it again. Look, I am coming soon. Look, I am coming soon. Do you believe he's coming or not? He says he is. Now, of course, soon to the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the eternal word might look a little different to him than it does to you and to me. Soon to him is not like soon to us. But he says, I'm coming and I'm coming soon. Do you believe him or not? Either he is or he is not. He says he's coming. And then, of course, the prophet Habakkuk, I spent a little time trying to give you a little context, the the key, the the reason that this text is here is because we're kind of in a state of waiting like the prophet Habakkuk was. 
He didn't know when Babylon was coming. God didn't set a date and say, well, Nebuchadnezzar and his armies will arrive on this day. He just said, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. (laughs) Writing it down on tablets, putting it in stone, what does that mean? It ain't changing. Put it in stone, send it out, for the revelation awaits an appointed time. You don't know what it is, but there is an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it, it will certainly come and will not delay. He even goes on to tell Habakkuk, you're right, the the Babylonians are puffed up, they're arrogant, their desires are not upright, everything you said about them is completely true, they're still coming, they're still coming. The message for you and for me is, though it linger, wait for it, it will certainly come and will not delay. It might seem like it's taking forever to you and to me as we wait for Jesus' return, but he is coming. This whole church year, we've been looking at the life of Christ, the teachings of Christ. In a week, we're going to start over and once again celebrate his first coming. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Why did he come the first time? To take care of our need for forgiveness, to be our Savior. We saw him born We saw him live. We saw him revealed to be the Savior that God promised throughout the ages. We saw him suffer our hell and die our death and rise from the dead to assure us that sin, death, and hell had been defeated forever. We saw him ascend into heaven, which is not to say he left here to go to another place. He left here to fill all things, and he has and he is, And yet he has not lost his ability to be in one place at one time, at many times, and in many places, even at the same time, as we'll be reminded this morning in his Holy Supper, as he comes to us in the flesh and comes to so many Christians around the world at the exact same time. He is both God and man, filling all things and yet present in one place at one time in many places, at many times. And he says to you, I am coming soon. Do you live your life that way? Do you live in eager expectation of his return? Those of you who are in the process of raising children, it was so good to see so many up here today. Are you training your children day by day for the career that they're going to have? Are you preparing them to interact with the world? How do you know that they will have opportunity to interact with the world? How do you know that they will have that career for which you are preparing them? How do you know that that next experience that you put on the calendar, that big vacation what you think is going to be a blessing to your family. How do you know, one, that the vacation is going to happen? How do you know, two, that it's going to have the impact that you hope it will? 
You think that all the experiences, the, the music, the theater, the sports, the volunteer services, all the things that they can do, you think you are preparing them for something. For what are you preparing them, might I ask? What do you know? For those of you who have that portion of your life in the rearview mirror, Maybe you are working hard to save up for something. Retirement, is it? And you know that that retirement is going to happen. How? What are you preparing for? What are you planning for? What are you getting ready for? The scary thing in this text is really no different than what's scary about many messages in God's word. It's what he tells us to do. He he literally says to you and to me, be dressed, ready for service, and keep your lamps burning like servants waiting for their master to return. That's a command. And like so many commands in God's word, all of them, When he tells us to do something, if we're honest, we often look at our own lives and see we have not been doing what he told us to do. I look at my own life and I see the particularly busy seasons where I plan my week looking for when I'll be able to take a break. And I could justify 12-hour, 14-hour days, maybe even a 16-hour day every now and then, stack three, four on top of each other. Yeah, it's kind of crazy for four days. But hey, there's a break coming. How do I know there's a break coming? I don't. It's one thing to work hard. It's another thing to deny responsibilities that are there every day. What does it look like for you and me to get ready? What are we getting ready for? Is Jesus coming back or not? Well, he is. And yet, in spite of the reality that he's coming back, we often display a foolishness that is hard to wrap our minds around. We often display this foolishness that lives as though he's not coming back. That we're almost as if we were saying to him, you know, I kind of hope you don't come back yet because there's this stuff that I want to do. There's these experiences that I want to have. There's these these things that are supposed to happen. I I haven't walked my daughter down the aisle yet. I, I haven't got to do this thing that I wanted to do. I haven't reached this benchmark yet that people are supposed to reach. And if we stop and think about what it is we're saying, it's, it's nothing but pure foolishness. Why would God want anything to do with me? Why would God want anything to do with you? Why would he want to be with fools? And yet grace upon grace, he does. He not only wants to be with us, he wants to serve us? How could this be? 
The Son of Man did not come to be served by us, but to serve us and to give his life as a ransom for many. As we reviewed this church here, he came to serve our need of forgiveness for all our foolishness. He did it once in his first coming. And now grace upon grace, he comes to us day after day through his word to do what? Be served by us? No, to serve us with law and gospel, to show us our sin and to show us our Savior Jesus. He comes to us at the font that we might know we are truly his own dear children. He comes to us in bread and wine, which in a miraculous way is also his body and blood. He comes to us, why? To serve us. And did you catch it? When he comes again, he's coming to serve us once again. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will dress himself to serve. We'll have them recline at the table and will come and wait on them. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the middle of the night or toward daybreak. Wow. Jesus says, when I come, and pause on your way out in the entryway and took a, take a look, not at the announcements on the screen, but at the artwork behind it. It's this ominous and yet beautiful artist's rendition of the last day. Look at the light. It's beautiful. When the heavens roll back like a scroll and Jesus comes, for you and for me, it's not going to be a moment of terror, but of Relief that's better than waking up from that dream. And Jesus is going to come and he's going to gather us to himself and he's going to say, here, recline at the table. I'll be your waiter today. And he's going to present to us the most incredible meal. He's going to wait on you and wait on me for all eternity. He will serve us. What an incredible, incredible good news thought. And the second parable in our text is such a simple meaning. It has nothing to do with a thief. Take a listen again. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready because the Son of Man will come in an hour when you do not expect him. He's saying, look, if the, if the owner of the house knew, well, the thief is coming Tuesday at 2 a.m., He'd leave his house open all the time until Monday night he'd lock the doors and he'd maybe take a nap Monday afternoon so he could be there waiting when the robber showed up. Maybe put the call in to 911 around, I don't know, 1.45 a.m. so that the police could arrive at just the right time. He wouldn't constantly take measures to prepare for the possibility of a thief because he would know exactly when they're coming. And he's like, it's the same thing with us. You don't know when I'm coming. So I want you to be in a constant state of expecting me. I want you to live your life constantly ready for me to come. Well, what does that look like? 
It does not mean fly by the seat of your pants, right? It does not mean planning is bad. It does not mean stop preparing your children for the future. It does not mean stop saving for retirement. But it does mean that we as Christians train our children differently. It means that we plan differently. It means that we prepare for retirement differently. It means that we manage everything that we have differently. We raise our children for the future that they may have if they're alive and if Jesus hasn't returned yet. The, the picture is kind of like uh, this. This is a, a, a robe, right? The people in Jesus' day often wore robes. And Jesus said, have the belt on around the outside so it's kind of, you could tuck all the fabric in and you can maybe pull it up a little bit to free your legs because if it's time to go, you're going to be ready. You're going to have your your clothes ready to go. You're going to have your staff in your hand. You're you're ready to roll when Jesus comes back. So you're going to teach your kids and you're going to prepare them for the future, but you're going to teach them to be ready to roll whenever Jesus comes back. Or if the Lord calls them home. And whatever it is that you're preparing for in your life. And you're all at very different stages of life. Whatever you're preparing for, you're ready. You're always preparing with that gospel-motivated if. Well, this is what I'm going to do if I have a tomorrow. This is what I'm going to do if I make it to retirement. This is how I'm going to serve the Lord if I get to that date when I have more free time. This is how I'm going to teach my children that we're going to do these things if we get to this date and Jesus hasn't come back yet. But it's always if. Our clothes are always ready to roll. We're ready to go at any time when Jesus returns. I was talking to a classmate who's preaching on Matthew's account of this. In Matthew's account, they're, they're, they're waiting for the, the groom to come and they got their lamps and they got oil in their lamps. Some run out and some don't, but they all fall asleep. I somehow have missed that detail all these years. You and I, might fall asleep from time to time. And I think as we look back across our life, we could see times when we have fallen asleep waiting for Jesus. But you and I are people who keep coming back to the oil. We keep coming back to the word of God, to his supper, to keep those lamps full. And they are full. We're ready. We are ready for Jesus' return. We are ready for him to come back and serve us for all eternity because he has served our greatest needs already. In a little while, you and I are going to get to walk out those doors and go back to our day-to-day lives. There will be a whole lot of work ahead of us and a whole lot of planning ahead of us and a whole lot of training ahead of us. Let's do it together, always waiting, always ready for Jesus to come because he is coming and he is coming soon. Amen.